If you enjoy Champions for Children, be sure to check out the new podcast from Nemours Children's Health, Well Beyond Medicine. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or at NemoursWellBeyond.org to continue hearing the stories of anything and everything related to the 80% of child health impacts that occur outside the doctor's office. And now, the episode of Champions for Children you requested. Enjoy! We have a great group of associates, and so it's okay to lean on on our associates, our colleagues, who perhaps aren't even in your department to to help you through those rough days or those days where you might feel defeated and things aren't going in the direction that you would hope they would. We have a great family. As I, anytime I meet a new associate, I always say, welcome to the family. And I really do feel that we are a family. We're here for each other. And so it's okay to lean on one another, even outside of your department for support, whatever that may be. Welcome once again to the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. I'm Carol Vassar, and that was the voice of Kelly Rogers. She's the manager of the Florida Prevention Initiative. She spoke those words of wisdom during our interview in Orlando in early March of this year. Little did we know then that her advice would be so powerful, heard now in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. We'll hear more from Kelly in just a bit. First up, though, is pediatric dietitian Michelle Reed. Way back in her high school years, Michelle was a straight-A student who knew she wanted to go to college but didn't really have a major picked out or a life's direction to pursue. But then... Direction was kind of just handed to me uh, when my father got really sick. And he ended up going into the hospital very, very ill, and it took about a week for them to realize that he had a very rare type of cancer, an endocrine tumor on his pancreas. His cancer had very limited treatment options, so like many other individuals who are dealing with a terminal illness with few treatment options, my father ended up going down the route of nutrition as a complementary medicine. My father was also one of those people who really latched on to things. So when he went the route of nutrition, every conversation in our household became nutrition. And it really stuck with me that I could impact someone's life, impact their health, but not have to do the blood, the needles, like all of those things of medicine. So that is what turned me into the direction of doing nutrition. And that's how I ended up majoring in nutrition. At the time, she had no interest in working in a clinical setting or in pediatrics. But her outlook on both of those ideas changed when she took a part-time job with the Food Service Department at the A.I. DuPont Hospital for Children, delivering meals to kids on the hospital's inpatient units, a job she came to love. There was one unit, though, that was always very scary to me, and that was the bone marrow transplant unit. So those were the kids that felt like the sickest and frailest to me. And I always walked on eggshells in that unit and tried to kind of come and go as quickly as possible because I didn't want to disturb anybody because they just seemed so sick. And then there was one day that I was on the unit and there's this beautiful little toddler boy standing in the doorway. And he was playing hide and go seek by himself by putting his hands up over his eyes and giggling and then taking them down and giggling. And he just did that over and over and over again. And I thought, who is this little ray of sunshine in this 
in this unit of sadness, I need to know who this little child is. And he ended up being a patient who was being treated for cancer. And I just adored him. So then it became any time that I was working and I saw that his room had ordered a meal, I volunteered to take that cart. I don't care if I just came down from another run, I'm going to take that cart because I want to go to that unit. I want to see that kid and say hi to that family. And I always went and engaged and smiled and, you know, did anything I could to spend a few extra minutes with him. And then one day the mom looked at me and told her son to say hi to Michelle. And I thought, oh, my goodness, mom knows my name. Now, I'm wearing a name tag that has my name, so it's not difficult to know my name when I have a name tag on. But it meant so much to me that mom had said my name to him. And at that point, it became going to visit that room to visit him and mom. And I developed a very close relationship with them, and I used to sign out of work, clock out of work, and go up to their room and spend some time with them. And I would sit down with mom, and I would just tell her silly stories, and I would make her laugh and crack up, even though her kid was in the hospital being treated for cancer. And unfortunately, his cancer battle was bigger than his body, and he unfortunately didn't survive. But he is to this day, after seven years of doing pediatrics full-time, to this day, I still attribute my love for pediatrics so heavily in him and that experience with him, but not only the experience with him, but with the parent. And I really took forward from that experience that I work with some really sick kids, and I may not change how challenging their diagnosis is. I may not change how difficult or somber the outcome is, But if I can provide really great care while simultaneously making a kid or a parent laugh or smile, then I'm doing a good job because I feel firmly that you cannot be sick and laughing at the same time. They are exclusive entities. So if you are laughing with me when I am taking care of you, that is a moment in which you are free from your illness because that is a, a carefree moment of joy. And you can't feel sick simultaneously with that. Um, And I've carried that through with every interaction that I've had at Moore's ever since. And you've stayed here. You're a nutritionist here. You went from food service, inspired by this little boy, to become a nutritionist here. Are you thinking this is your life's career and life's path? It definitely is for now. Um, I've been here for seven years. I don't see myself leaving anytime soon. And I don't think you could have ever told me when I was an undergrad that I would do seven years working in the hospital and be happy as a result of that, but I love it. Uh, I have worked in a variety of different roles since starting here, so uh, I, I have had the benefit of an ever-changing kind of dynamic in my role, which has kept me from getting too tired or feeling too trite. Um, but I've really hit this niche now. I work exclusively with kids who have cystic fibrosis and diabetes, and it's very cheesy and hallmarky, but it's very full circle for me because my father had a, a cancer on his pancreas, and I exclusively work with children who have issues with nutrition as a result of their pancreas, and like that doesn't go unnoticed by me. And I've worked with cystic fibrosis since day one here at Nemours, and I love that population dearly. They're a wonderful population. I took on diabetes about three years, three and a half years into being at Nemours, another area that I had no interest in before doing it in pediatrics and realizing that I loved it. 
And I've never felt so happy and fulfilled at work day in, day out as working with those two populations. And I can't help to feel that like a little bit of that is how tightly connected it is to where this all started, which was uh, the most amazing gift that my father could have ever given me, which was my life's passion and drive and direction in a moment when I didn't feel like I had it. Do you think you could have done what you're doing today any place other than the Moors? I honestly don't think so because whenever I tell dietitians at other centers the unique combination of job responsibilities that I have, they're always surprised that I do that. So when I say that I do cystic fibrosis and I also do diabetes, they're floored that those two things could be paired together because at most establishments, they're separated from each other. And I think it's the unique ability to be at a smaller hospital that sees a diverse population that I can see both of those populations routinely, but not have to pick an either or because I honestly don't know what I would do if I was asked to choose. Michelle Reed is a pediatric dietitian with the A.I. DuPont Hospital for Children in Wilmington. Imagine moving with your spouse and infant daughter to a new state, smack dab in the middle of a mid-Atlantic winter. You and your young family pile into the car to become a bit more familiar with the landscape of your new home state, Delaware, and you come upon the exquisite Nemours Mansion and Gardens, the 300-plus acre estate of A.I. DuPont that includes the A.I. DuPont Hospital for Children in Wilmington. The site of the hospital, the mansion, and the grounds was Judy Jackson's introduction to Nemours and her inspiration to become a Nemours associate. When I came through the gates, it was just, I, the first thing I said to my husband was, oh my gosh, if I could get a job here, I would go back to work now. And it was just someplace that I thought I really wanted to look into it further. So that was in February, and I started working here in March of the same year. That was quick. Yes. <laughs> yes. How long ago was that? Oh, that was in 1998. Prior to coming to Nemours, Judy was the emergency department manager at a busy New York City hospital where she gained experience with billing and coding and payroll. It was natural then for Judy to slot right into the Nemours revenue cycle team, which she has managed for the past five years. And it's clear that her work directly relates to the Nemours mission. What we do is negotiate the contracts, the payer contracts for the organization, And by doing so, that allows access for more kiddos. We work with the insurance companies to come up with a contract that we can both live with um, that benefits both the insurance company, their members, and the hospital. And it is sometimes a very challenging thing to do and to accomplish. And sometimes it can take literally years to, to complete a contract. It sounds anxiety-provoking to me. Do you feel pressure when you have to do that over months and years? I do feel pressure, but it's a positive pressure when you can keep, as long as your communication is open with that payer and you're trying to work through the different language issues or perhaps the um, payment issues, it's very rewarding in the end when you accomplish and finalize an agreement. 
and we can share that information with the front end staff and leadership um, that we've been successful because that allows more kiddos to come to our facility. And you don't do this in a vacuum. You have a team. Tell me about your team. There's a team of people. uh, We're led by Ryan Foreman, who's the Senior Director of Payer Relations. And then I have several people who work under me, Pam Roth and Betty Kendall, who are Managed Care Coordinators. And then there's a whole team of analysts that work out of Florida. So we all work as a team to try to accomplish negotiating these contracts. We also meet with physicians and other various people within the hospital to make sure that they're okay with what's in that contract and that we can actually operationalize what we're agreeing to. So nothing is done in a vacuum. It's a very big team of people. Is there one colleague who has really gone above and beyond in the scope of the work that you do that you want to recognize today? Um, absolutely. So that would be Ryan Foreman, my boss. Um, working with Ryan has been extraordinary. He's a, a great leader, and he teaches me something new every day. Connect all of this back to the mission. Some people, when you start talking about money, their eyes glaze over in contracts, and it's like, that's not really something I understand or get. I know what happens over there. But as you said, it's not in a vacuum. Connect this back to the mission of Nemours as a whole. So the mission of Nemours is to give kiddos access to the services that we provide at the hospital. And without these contracts, we sometimes can't see um, these children because their insurance might recommend that they go to an in-network provider. And if we're not in-network, we can't provide services to them. So when we are successful in negotiating a contract, we're opening up our doors to all these other children who may not have been able to come here otherwise. Your colleagues across the entire system, the entire enterprise, what do you want them to know about your team and what your team does that maybe they don't know already? So one thing my team does is we we work very closely as a team and we work to resolve issues. So basically, when something goes wrong with a contract, it's all managed care's fault. When something goes right with the contract, We get the credit for it, so we take the good with the bad, but we always try to resolve any kind of contract issue, work with the physicians and the clinical staff with questions they may have about the contract, and the front-end staff as well. What would you say makes Nemours unique amongst pediatric hospitals in the area or across the country? I believe very strongly that the people who work here have the best interest of every child at the forefront. You can feel the love in the family when you come in here. You know that they're not just here to do a job. They're here for these kids. Judy Jackson is the manager of the Nemours Managed Care Department in Wilmington, Delaware. Kelly Rogers manages the Florida Prevention Initiative for Nemours. Her day-to-day work involves creating community partnerships that aim to improve the health of all children in Central Florida. She's the Nemours associate who makes the connection between health care with its focus on treatment and public health with its focus on collaborative prevention. 
In college, she started studying to become a nurse, but became intrigued with a major she'd not previously considered, health science education, which focuses on the prevention of disease rather than its treatment. Kelly was hooked. It really enticed me and interested me in being able to get at the forefront of diseases and let's prevent as much as we can through health promotion, disease prevention programs. And so that then led me down the journey to getting my master's of public health, really looking at a holistic, whole child approach, not just looking at the disease, but the factors that are influencing that potential disease and kind of the direction we're now heading as a organization with social determinants of health and population health. Uh, So it's all right up my alley. All right up your alley. So give me some examples of programs that you're involved with. Some of our uh, most recent efforts over the last several years, we initially first started off around obesity prevention and child care sites, getting teachers to work with children on creating positive experiences with fruits and vegetables and integrating that into their learning. And then that's now expanded over the years to doing screenings on vision and hearing. We've partnered with our ophthalmology team, our audiology team, to take our programs out into the community, do primary prevention education, helping children understand how their eyes and ears work, why it's important to protect our eyes and ears, and just learning about how they function. And so taking that into a preschool environment and then following that education opportunity, we then come in and provide screening for vision and hearing and then helping identify those children that may have a condition that's so subtle and not noticeable. And so a child who doesn't know their world is blurry because that's all they've ever known. By doing these screens, we're able to pick up conditions that may be subtle or not detected until they're already in school. And at that point, we've missed a, a very important window that we could help to correct or, or improve that condition a lot earlier so that they are at the same level with their peers when they go to enter kindergarten. When we first started doing the vision screenings called Our Healthy Eyes. One child, um, they knew he had vision problems. It was very apparent. He would always hold the paper very close to his face. He was struggling and was behind his peers and being able to recognize shapes and colors and letters. He was off the charts in the screening. And again, it's just a screening assessment. It's not a full-blown, full eye exam. But the mom was trying to get the child care. She was getting the runaround. Oh, he's too young. You know, we've got six months or or longer before we can get you in. Um, But because we were able to do that screening conveniently at the child's preschool um, with the mom's consent, she took those results and we worked with her in getting that child seen a lot sooner. He was almost nearly blind. He had never seen his mom clearly, until he had those glasses put on. And he said, wow, mom, you're so beautiful. By the time that we were able to get to him, he was four years old. He had never truly seen his mom clearly. And so that stands out as even if it's just one child, we're making a difference in, in that child's life. And I still have I've reached out to the mom just to say, hey, how's he doing? He's now in second grade. And he's 
still struggles, obviously, because he was not at the same learning curve with his peers, but he's doing well for the circumstances that, that he you know, has been through. Prevention is a key component of Kelly's work, work she undertakes with community partners throughout Central Florida and even her fellow Nemours associates. Prevention is, is critical to the long-term health of one's future well-being. It's an impact on not only their social and emotional health and well-being, but also their academic school success. If we're starting later in picking up a condition or perhaps even a mental health concern that a child might have, if we're not catching that until their later adolescent or younger years, or even young adult years, we've missed a lot of opportunities that could have helped redirect that child into perhaps a more positive trajectory um, for their future health. I mean, if we don't invest in early in a child's health, there's long-term later ramifications from an economic perspective, the healthcare costs in itself. Um, so if we can start early, embed, and create a foundation of healthy habits in those early years, it's just setting that child up for a, a, a greater track of um, positive health outcomes and experiences. And a lifetime of success as well. Kelly Rogers manages the Florida Prevention Initiative as a Nemours associate based at the Nemours Children's Hospital in Orlando. Many thanks to Kelly, Judy, and Michelle for taking time to talk with us as part of the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. Great news on our side of the house. We now have Zoom capabilities. So sharing your story or maybe that of a fellow associate who has gone above and beyond during these extraordinary times is as easy as emailing us at podcast at Then jumping on a Zoom call wherever you may be with me, wherever I may be, for an interview. That's podcast at Nemours.org. We have the best production team in all of the podcast world. They are Peter Adebi, Deborah Griffin, J.L. Puckett, and Jackie Williams. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast today on your favorite podcast app or ask your smart speaker to play the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. Our music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions in Fall River, Massachusetts. And our final words of wisdom today come from Judy Jackson. Anytime you begin to wonder why you're doing something or something is, you know, seems difficult, visit the hospital, walk through the halls, have lunch in the cafeteria, and you will quickly be reminded of why your job is very important. I'm Carol Vassar. Thanks for listening to the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. Please stay well and thank you for all you do. 